Welcome to Miners of Mayhem. It's great to be back with episode three, Alyssa Bustamante, brought to you by me, Brianna. This episode will have trigger warnings for attempted suicide and self-harm just as a heads up. So if those things make you uncomfortable, we understand that this episode isn't for you. Now, Mom, did you say you had an announcement or an update on something? I do. And this is exciting because this had taken place in 1996, so it's been a long time, about 27 years. They arrested Dwayne Davis in connection to the murder of Tupac Shakur. No kidding. Yes, finally. You know, it's funny you brought that up. Yesterday, I was listening to True Crime with Kendall Ray, Uh and she covered them with, or she covered Tupac and Biggie Smalls. Oh, nice. I haven't heard that one yet. I'll have to go listen. Yeah, it's good. It'll be really interesting to follow along on this and see how it plays out. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So back to my story. Alyssa Bustamante was born on January 28th, 1994, to her parents, Cesar and Michelle Bustamante. Alyssa's childhood was very rough. Her mother, Michelle, racked up three misdemeanors, one for drunk driving, one for marijuana, which eventually landed her in jail. Alyssa's father, Caesar, was serving three concurrent prison terms for three counts of felony assault. So Alyssa's beginnings were not off to a good start and obviously was very unstable under the circumstances. So how long was her father's uh, prison sentence? I believe it was 10 years. Okay. So, so he was gone. He was gone. Not, not in her life at all, apparently, mm. then, huh? No. Okay. In 2002, at the age of eight, Alyssa went to live with her grandparents, who took legal custody of her and her three younger siblings. They then moved to St. Martin's, Missouri to get away and give the kids a new start away from their former situation, which hats off to the grandparents for recognizing and taking action, you know, to get those kids out of that kind of environment. Yes. That says a lot about them. Definitely. Alyssa's grandparents provided a stable environment for her and her siblings, so by appearances, Alyssa seemed to be excelling. She was getting A's and B's in school, writing poetry, and attending church along with doing church activities. Alyssa's friends said, quote, she was just always so sweet and everybody loved her. She was just amazing, unquote. This is where the trigger warning for self-harm and attempted suicide comes into play. So if you don't want to hear it, you can skip forward or go on to the next episode okay. whenever it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> next week. Around 2007, Alyssa's friends began to see a shift in her when she was hospitalized for attempting suicide. Alyssa even put, quote, cutting as a hobby on one of her social media accounts. She had over 300 cuts on her body, as well as cigarette burns. In her room, she had a drawing up on the wall of a person whose throat and arms were slashed with the name Emma next to it. Oh, wow. So um, I did a little research into cutting because I didn't know anything about it. Kind of not familiar with it. Yeah, right. And from what I could tell, they um, people that cut have a hard time expressing out loud their feelings, so they kind of 
bottle them all up. And I suppose it just builds and builds and builds. And when they cut themselves, they feel like a um, major tense tension release. That, may, that would make sense. Yeah, it does. It does make sense. But I, I'm sorry people have to go through that. So we'll come back to Alyssa after talking about the victim. Elizabeth Olton was born on December 15, 1999, in Jefferson City, Missouri, to Patricia Priest and Dale Olton Jr. Elizabeth was your typical nine-year-old. She loved horses, country music, and had a good home, friends, and was very loving. She was very well-liked, which honestly doesn't surprise me because she sounds like the girl that I would want to be friends with, you know, Um, at that age, you know. Yeah, she sounds like an all-around little country girl. Yep. Oh. Elizabeth's here. <laughs> oh Is here? Are you sounding like a snake? I am. This. I feel like this whole case has a lot of s's in it, and I can't. It's hard. <laughs> I know, and they sound when when you do playback, the s's sound so. I know. I'm really trying just, to pronunciate. Yeah. It's English it's hard. is hard. Yeah, it's hard. Elizabeth's best friend was Emma Bustamante. Get it together. (laughs) I'm trying. (laughs) Elizabeth's best friend was Emma Bustamante, and I bet you recognize that last name. They lived four houses down the street. Emma and Elizabeth usually spent time together after playing, after school playing. (laughs) I think I had too much energy drink. Or not enough. Or not enough. Emma's older sister, 15-year-old Alyssa Bustamante, would occasionally babysit them, which I think is so eerie to think about how good Alyssa was doing and then finding out what is to come. Yeah, because she was like, you said she was like an A and B student. Yeah. And she just, everybody loved her. Yeah. So that is just, yeah. On the day of the murder, Emma came to Elizabeth's house wanting to play. At first, her mom said no because she was cooking dinner and they would be eating soon. Elizabeth continued to beg as kids do, and her mom relented but gave her instructions to be home by 6 p.m. to eat dinner. Around 6.15 p.m., Elizabeth's mom calls and tells Elizabeth to come home. So Elizabeth says goodbye to Emma and starts making her way home. This is when Elizabeth lured This is when Alyssa lured Elizabeth into the woods, which is the last time she was seen alive. When Elizabeth wasn't home when her mom thought she should be, she started calling Elizabeth's cell phone but didn't get an answer, which worried her because she knew that Elizabeth was scared of the dark and wouldn't walk home alone if it was. Mm. Around 7 to 7.30 p.m., Elizabeth's mom called the police to report her missing. The police responded and started looking for Elizabeth immediately, which good job for the police to go immediately. In a lot of these cases, you know, they say you have to wait 24 hours to report a missing person report or they're a runaway, you know. But these, this police work did immediately. Hats off. When Elizabeth was still not located by the next morning, the community came together to help. 
and I believe they had helicopters, search dogs, um, swim rescue. What are dive, those? Dive teams. Dive teams. I think they had the whole works. They had the trying whole works. to I th- find her. I think they had cadaver dogs. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Police started interviewing the last people to see Elizabeth. This included her babysitter, Alyssa. Alyssa was brought in for questioning. She denied knowing anything about what happened to Elizabeth. She was cooperative, calm, and answered all the police's questions. The police felt that she was not a suspect. Which can you imagine being cooperative and calm? After knowing what you did? Uh, no. That's bone chilling. <laughs> I can't even imagine doing what she did. So, no. yeah, no, not at all. The police also investigated Alyssa's boyfriend, Dustin, age 17. They had only been dating for three weeks. Dustin even agreed to do a polygraph test, which he failed, after which he refused to cooperate with the investigators. That's suspicious. Once again, they questioned Alyssa since she was one of the last people to see Elizabeth, hoping to get more information out of her. She then claimed that Elizabeth tripped and fell and immediately died, but the police were not buying it this time around. And at some point, police seized Alyssa's journal where she admitted to killing, but also, but also in her journal, she talked about burning down a house with a family inside. Oh, that's disturbing. But we'll bring that up again later. Okay. After an hour of interrogating, she finally confessed and led the police straight to the body. Mind you, this was two days after the murder. Alyssa had dug two graves five days before the actual murder. Now, there is controversy as to why she dug two holes. Police thought that the reason Alyssa dug two graves was because she had planned to murder her two younger brothers. I think those brothers were twins, weren't they? Little twin brothers? I believe so. Yeah. But Alyssa said that she hit clay and couldn't dig any deeper. And we couldn't verify which one it was? I, I'm pretty sure it was her hitting the clay. But okay. Don't quote me. Okay. This leads us up to the murder. And it is about to be horrible and absolutely disgusting. When Alyssa saw... Elizabeth walking home, Alyssa led her into the woods where she beat her, strangled her, stabbed her in the chest eight times, slit her wrists, finally slitting her throat. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Alyssa then put Elizabeth in the grave she had dug days dug days prior. After the murder, she went home and wrote in her journal. But before I read what it says, I have to say I'm sorry to my uncle Brad in advance. He doesn't like me saying a particular bad word, but since it's part of the journal, I'm going to read it as is. So a special trigger warning to you, Brad. <laughs> the journal wrote, quote, I just fucking killed someone. I strangled them and slit their throat and stabbed them. Now they're dead. I don't know how to feel ATM, which means at the moment. It was amazing. As soon as you get over the, oh my God, I can't do this feeling, it's pretty enjoyable. I'm kind of nervous and shaky right now. Okay, I got to go to church now, lol, unquote. So while police searched for Elizabeth, Alyssa went to a church dance. And just another side note here, 
another thing she wrote in her journal was, quote, if I don't talk about it, I bottle it up. And when I explode, someone is going to die. Oh, my gosh. How She needed eerie. some help. Oh, eerie. Mm-hmm. Ugh, chills. Let's get into the trial. Once it was determined that Alyssa was to be tried as an adult, she became distraught and was moved to Hawthorne Children's Psychiatric Hospital for evaluation. Prosecutor Mark Richardson had argued for life in prison plus 71 years accounting for the years Elizabeth lost, which I completely agree on that. Yes. Mark said, quote, These sentences are appropriate and fit for what happened to Elizabeth at the hands of a truly evil individual who strangled and stabbed an innocent child simply for the thrill of it, unquote. The defense wanted a lesser sentence due to Alyssa's depression and suicide attempts. Psychologists for the defense described Alyssa as, quote, psychologically damaged and severely emotionally disturbed, unquote. They said that she suffers from major depression and borderline personality disorder, which is characterized by feelings of emptiness, instability of moods, inappropriate displays of anger, and poor impulse control. So she was, you know, basically her mom was too busy with addiction and alcohol use, and so she wasn't around, right? Right. And then her dad was in prison from, like, the day she was, you know, born. So he wasn't around. Right. So I, I think that she probably had a sense of abandonment. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think that that would contribute to the borderline personality disorder, for sure. I would agree. But there's people that deal with personality disorders, depression, anxiety, all kinds of psychiatric issues, and they sure the heck don't go out and murder people no. or children or anything like that. So I, I don't feel that they can use that as an excuse. I don't think so either. Plus, she dug the grave five days prior. So it was was premeditated. Premeditated and thrill. Yeah, absolutely. Elizabeth's mother, Patty, called Alyssa, quote, an evil monster and hated her, unquote, on the first day of her hearing. Elizabeth's grandmother yelled, yelled out, quote, I think Alyssa should get out of jail the same day Elizabeth gets out of the grave, unquote. How powerful is that statement? That is definitely a powerful statement. And she said that when the judge said he would announce the sentence the next day. Hats off to, hats off to grandma. Right? (laughs) Alyssa expressed remorse for brutally killing Elizabeth, saying, quote, I know words can never be enough, and they can never adequately describe how horribly I feel for all of this. If I could give my life to get her back, I would. I'm sorry, unquote. I don't buy it. Me neither. I think that's a pile of shit. Did you look at any of her um, pictures from social media? I don't think we talked about this yet. No. So in in public, you know, everybody loved her. She was a, a nice girl. She had A's and B's. She wrote poetry. She did all of those things. Yep. But if you go back and you look at her social media, 
her persona on social media was completely the opposite. Really? Yep. She was almost just dark. Hmm. She would um, post photos of her with with knives, and she wore really dark, dark makeup with bright red. Not that we're shaming dark makeup or anything like that, but in this context, I I think it should have been a red flag. So I just looked up photos, and knowing what I know, these photos are eerie. Right? They give me the creepy crawlies. Which ones are you looking at? She's got, like, really dark makeup and, like, red coming out of her mouth with the fingers pointed to her head. With the gun. Like like a gun. Yep. Have you seen the knife pictures yet? No. Where would they? I'll look at that. I'll look at those later. My, if you guys heard that, my dog just came through the doggy door. <laughs> Gary. It's a Gary. Hi, okay. <clears throat> Back to the story. In 2012, Alyssa took a plea deal to second-degree murder and armed criminal action to get a lesser sentence. Weeks later, she was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of conditional release, meaning a certain criteria that is set must be met for early release to be granted. Do we know what any of that is, that that criteria? No, I didn't Did, find anything on okay. that. No, I was curious. I mean, but I believe it is set by like the either the attorney or the judge or like someone of power okay. has to set those um, criterias. Okay. Plus 30 consecutive years for the armed criminal action charge. So she'll be put away for a while. Not long enough. No, definitely not long enough. Because Elizabeth is never coming out of that grave. Speaking of, I also have to put this in there, that Elizabeth got the funeral she deserved as a princess. A horse-drawn carriage took her casket to the cemetery, and her friends and family all wore pink because that was her favorite color. If you look up pictures, there's pink balloons, they're wearing pink, the casket was beautiful, the flowers, the carriage, it was so beautiful, and it just really pulled at my heartstrings. Well, if you think about it, this little girl was robbed of having her dream wedding someday. Yep. You know, so a dream funeral. Yeah. Well, that, that sounded terrible, but. She got the beauty of having. Oh, don't you don't I, have words, do you? No, no. I'm just digging myself a hole here. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, but yeah, that's the case of Alyssa Bustamante. That is uh, one heck of a case. So, so they're calling that just like a thrill killing, a thrill curl. What? What? Get your shit. <laughs> Thrill kill. Yep. Thrill kill. Yep. It blows my mind. And she was 15. Yep. And you know, I didn't think it's very common for women to be murderers. I mean, she's not a woman. She's a girl. But you know what I mean? Females? Right. It's just... Because you watch all those, like, deadly wives or deadly women on TV and mm-hmm. they this don't... They don't do what 
she does. It's crazy. Or did. It's usually passion. or Crime of passion usually is. Yeah. Not just to know what it feels like. Or or they want money. (laughs) Life insurance. Life insurance policy. (laughs) That's the first thing they check. But this was for absolutely no other reason than wanting to see what it felt like to snuff somebody out. That's crazy. It's terrible. Do you know what case you're going to do next week? Nope. (laughs) I wouldn't tell you if I did. True. I like it to be a surprise. Well, we hope you Um, stay tuned. What? You should... We should probably, you know, talk about victims' families like we always do. Oh, yes. You know, we do focus a lot on the murderers, but our hearts will always, always go out to the families, and they're definitely put on a pedestal more than... Right. Like... Yeah. They don't... It's just so heart-wrenching. What these families have to go through. Yes. It's just... I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Here's here's the terrible part. Sometimes when I'm researching these, I put myself... I try, because I never could, but I try to imagine what I would be like if that happened to me. I'd kill someone. Well, that's what I'm saying. There is no way that I would come out of that courthouse without a dead murder. I, I would be in jail. I would jump over the bench and kill them. I don't know. I yeah. I don't understand how they do it. How how do they sit there and go through the trial and listen to everything that happened and and look at the evidence? Yes, that's got to be hard. That's those, your little girl up there. Those people are stronger than I could ever dream of being because I I couldn't do it. I couldn't either. There's no way. I just I know how protective I am of my kids. Yes. All three of them. And even like if one of another kid bullies one of my three kids, I, I'm ready to throw hands. I know, right? I'm just <laughs> like, as bad. If the kids come home and say something happened at the park or whatever, man, they better hope that my husband's home because if I go, it's going to get ugly. Exactly. They don't call us mama bears for nothing. Right. And I totally fit that to a T. Same. Oh, that. Mm. <laughs> well, we hope you enjoyed this horrific case. Well, not enjoyed, but enlightened. Take something from it. If you see these red flags in other kids, maybe we should open our eyes a little more. And I don't know. Yeah. Learn something. Parents do better. Especially those parents, right? Yeah. Yeah. We need to be better parents. If you want to act like that, don't have kids. Amen. They have ways to stop that. I suppose that's enough bantering, eh? Have we been bantering? Yeah. I wouldn't even know. I'm so tired. I couldn't tell you if I'm coming or going. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll see you next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.